Hello and welcome to Random Nintendo. Wow, nope. Randomer Nintendo. This is what happens when wow. I don't host for a while. Welcome to Randomer Nintendo, number 19th. Uh, I am Jason. I am over Angel on my. That. Yeah, that's Angel, and he's wild. And Kevin, what what state are you in after I tripped over the one sentence I had to say to start this correctly? Disbelief <laughs> that you would see such this a big... this this. I feel like I'm so you know it's a double whammy because not only did I screw up today. So if anyone listened to the tail end of last episode, I was saying like, hey, tune in next time because like we're gonna be the weekend Zelda comes out, and we'll be a great like break from all the Tears of the Kingdom stuff you're doing. Except we're not that weekend. We're actually the weekend before. Or the week before, if you guys haven't noticed, we now put them out on Tuesdays instead of Sundays. Um, but yeah, I got the week totally wrong. So we didn't time travel. You can't go play Zelda instead of listening to us. It's not out yet. But I screwed up the ending of that and the beginning of this, and I, I think I just need to bow out. That's wow, it. I'm double done. wow. Never podcasting again. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, it was but, a nice um, uh, 10 years. Nah, we're going on like 11 and a half wow. at least. Yeah. Wow. No. I, okay, yeah. I, I need another word than wow. I think I said it like four whoa. times already. You could go from being Owen Wilson to Keanu Reeves. Just go from wo- wow to whoa. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah. It, just, it just doesn't feel right. If you had a catchphrase, what would it be? Like if you had an Owen Wilson wow or uh, I think Keanu like Reeves whoa. I've said wow like for so long that it was like, you know, it wasn't necessarily directly related to Owen Wilson. It just, he just happened to also do it. And then that just became the association. Right. I don't know if I have one anymore. I think I used to say. You used to. I, I used to say. Um, Wham bam piggy bam. Oh. <laughs> I think I used to say it's like whatever <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but this was like college times when I would say it's like whatever's, but not as much anymore. I don't know. You used have to do that meh 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 thing. Have we ever discussed my, uh, my like fast food idea place? Like my fast food restaurant mm, place called no. Whatever's? Oh yeah, it's we did. Whatever's. Yeah, we did. Wait, on the show? Yeah, because on remember, was called, I'm up for whatever's, and it's like basically like a, like oh, you really don't, you're really up for anything. So, there, you just with whatever the chef wants to give you, that's just what you can get. I feel like we didn't talk about that on a recording. Well, it's not, but... it's not necessarily that. It's you spin a wheel, like you pay oh. to spin a wheel. Oh, it's like a game it, show. Yeah, and then you just even you more just fun. gotta take what the wheel gives you. If you want something else, now, it's too bad. Out. You you said that you were up for whatever. <laughs> you, you pay do, up do front. You... <laughs> no exactly. That way, that way you can't like back out. You've already. Do you paid open for it in California? Is there like a gag meal in there that's like you know obviously still good, but that's like someone's going to be like. No, oh, I would I would have did that to anybody. Okay, that that makes it even more fun. But do you open in California, or do you open somewhere where not every single person that walks in the door is going to have five dietary restrictions you didn't account for? Clearly Vegas. I mean, it's already made for it. Yeah. Vegas That's would probably, probably fit You could quite well. plop down next to the Taco Bell Cantina, so we can go dance on the Taco Bell dance floor and then come spin the wheel of whatevs. When did you know? we have a Taco Bell Cantina in LA? Uh, I think it's relatively new. Because I drove it. Only be really? two. Yeah, Elvis and I drove by it a couple weeks ago, and I was like, what the heck? What's this doing here? I think it actually was still being, like, constructed. I don't think it was finished. Well, there's your answer. It's not even done. It's brand new. It wasn't. Oh, yeah, we saw it on the way back from Mario, so it was in Hollywood or around that Yeah, it's across from the – I believe it's not far from the uh, Chinese uh, TLC, TCL, TLC, (laughs) the TCL Chinese Theater, formerly Grumman's. What is the else? I think. Would you think what? would you read TLC? Do you think the Learning Channel or Bill <laughs> Scrubs? I don't care. 
I Wait, what? I think Tender Love and Care first. Then I think the band, like the music group with No Scrubs, then or Chasing Waterfalls or what have you. Then I fall back on the Learning Channel as my third. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Where do you, where's your mind go? I I always go to No Scrubs. There, there. Yeah, the Learning Channel, Angel T TLC, home of great shows where you get to learn about f- dysfunctional families, essentially. Which is yeah, not it'll, really it'll be it'll be included in your HBO Max subscription as of next month. Oh, oh yeah, when they the rename to Max LC, uh, shows. I, yep. I I guess I might as well ask. This seems like a great place to ask than ever um, than anywhere. I didn't quite follow what was happening to HBO Max or what already happened. Like no like, one did. No one understands it. So like like, like <laughs> ignoring it's... ignoring like what shows are being made. Like just like the structure. Like is it yeah. Like what, what like is it changing as far as we know as far as what we're using or is it like here's or... so you know how the app sucks it'll probably get worse that's a great oh. summary uh no but you know how warner bros merged with discovery a year or so ago and led to that wave of cancellations that we've probably talked about here when like back yeah, because so many you know, animated things except for velma yeah which was kind of mind-boggling but yeah so that brain trust decide you know what else we should do besides cancel everything we should take the audience that watches our five dollar a month discovery plus programming and merge it with the audience that loves the deep sophisticated shows of hbo and make that one platform where clearly they see a venn diagram with at least two people that watch both of those i don't know who those people are but um yeah essentially they're merging discovery plus into HBO Max, but they and this is really what the thing is, they've said in Nice to Worrying, they don't want solely the HBO Max, the HBO name with the Discovery and TLC programming like Dr. Pimple Popper and stuff like that, which is a real show. So they are now just hit calling it Max and HBO will be a subset of the app in the same way you go to Disney Plus and you have like the Marvel section and the Pixar section, and the huh. Star Wars section. There'll be an HBO section inside Max, but they don't want to call it HBO Max because they claim because they'll have children's programming and HBO is not associated with children, except HBO has been airing Sesame Street for the past like seven years. So I don't know what they're talking about. Um, so yeah, it's I mean, basically- I mean, you think of like children's programming when you hear the words HBO? I No, but they already have the branding. They already rolled it out. They already have the block of Sesame Street TV. Like this is because they're burying it in a bunch of really cheaply made reality television stuff, which isn't a knock against people who like that content. It can be entertaining, but- it's not – it doesn't fit with the branding of what HBO is. So they're rebranding everything to just max. Hmm. So And then they're probably going to jack the price up in a year or two by going, look how much more content you have now. So. All right. Yeah. In fact, one thing they're already doing, which kind of sucks. Uh, so right now if you watch HBO – honestly, HBO Max is probably my favorite of the apps to be honest. It has a lot of good content. It's all in 4K. Well, not all, but they put a lot out in 4K. Now, when Wait, it becomes it, say Max, that again, say that again. HBO Max is your favorite app. It might be my favorite in terms of the content library and the fact that they put out yes, a lot of stuff. In 4K. I agree. The app is yes. terrible. Always crashes. Oh, the app. <laughs> the app is blah, but the 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 um the, content the overall library. content library. Yeah, and even the structure of it. Like the app isn't good, but it's not hard to find stuff on there. At yeah, all. but it's annoying so. to like select the show when you just want to select the show as a whole and not like the episode. I feel like I have to. Trick the clicking. 
But yeah, no, it's 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 janky. Yeah. It's not too, it's not horrible on the Apple TV that I have, but it's not great either. But um, anyway, right now you get 4K for all stuff. So like when they put out like Zack Snyder's Justice League or all that, it was just in 4K by default. New episodes of some shows, I think Game of Thrones had it. Um, some others have 4K by default. Now with the new Max, they're introducing a new tier called Max Ultra, which is the most stupid. How can you're already at max? You can't go above max. You can't become ultra. You're already at max. But anyway, for an extra few bucks, now 4K is gonna be oh, buried yeah, I in there. That tweet. <laughs> yeah, in the same way that Netflix did did it, now they're doing it. So that kind of sucks. And that's how Wait, they're sort Netflix of like nickel and diming. Did it? You don't, you did don't it? get 4K unless you pay for a 4K tier on Netflix. Never. Happened. Oh, that you meant like some yeah. kind of naming convention. That no, like... no. Oh yeah, I could go on a whole. I know you saw it. I could go on a whole spiel about. The clever yet stupid choice of, well, if everything's called Plus, let's just call ourselves Max. <laughs> but, you know, it's like the um, – how, how did I word the tweet? You saw the tweet. It's something like, yeah, infinity it's like the playground one, argument yeah. of like, yeah, times infinity, times infinity plus one. It's just like, okay, all right. But, yeah, they're they're now raising the price on 4K. So, so right now, how many, I guess, subscriptions are you guys like directly paying for? Like don't count the ones mm. that, you know, you're potentially like just in – in that case, only sure. like one or two, because I, I, my parents and I have my, my parents, Rachel's family, Verizon, a lot. There's a lot of crisscross. Like my Apple Music's through Verizon. I don't pay for that at all. So, so let me let me tally it in my head. You guys go first. All right, well, you Kevin. All right, writing them down right now. You're writing it down right now. I'm writing them He's down. Writing right down. Now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I guess two more months until better. my congestion's gone. Ooh. Four months. That's when the surgery is. That's two more months. In June. In June. Oh, two more months. Oh, yeah. Okay, so like six weeks, seven weeks. Not bad. Yeah, I guess. Get ready, good. everyone, for Kevin's sultry radio voice coming through in seven to eight weeks. Damn. I guess the better question I'm actually curious about: if let's just like say hypothetically, it was impossible to share accounts, like just period. How like Netflix the... is about to do. Uh, yeah. Like, how many of those yep. would you try to salvage, or would you just stick with the one you're already paying for, and that's it, and just deal with it? I'd deal with it. you just deal with it? I can't put the genie back in the bottle. I can't wait a few days Are for some other way services? to watch six... What? Are we counting music services? I would say everything. I, even I would say yes, online. yeah, subscriptions. Entertainment subscriptions. Music, just, And movies. Switch Online would count. Yeah. Yeah. PSN. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. They're all luxuries. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I think I'm at the point where I don't know if I would add more, but I couldn't couldn't lose what I have because I'm used to that luxury now. Um I think what's really interesting and we'll get to it in a minute. <laughs> Free I YouTube put, won't doesn't cut it for you. What? Free YouTube no. doesn't cut it? No, how I can't watch the latest episode of Barry on free YouTube. Dude, I can't you like just get need spoiled. A subscription to Yeet Smash where they have weekly I guess tournament highlights, and you're good. I'm sorry. Is the channel called Yeet Smash? Is that what yeah, you just said? Yes, it is. So they throw and then they smash. Um, it's just the name of the channel, but they have a they do really good compilations. Like they just get to the good parts, unlike other compilations I've seen where you have like a minute of footage before the thing happens, even if it's supposed mm. to be just a compilation. I but, um okay, I got it listed. What? A good All right, Kevin. YouTube, surprisingly, go for it. 15 subscriptions. Oh, my Oof. God. Wow. 15? Oof. Netflix, uh, which, I, which I got to cancel. I barely use it. Uh, HBO Max, 
Hulu, Disney Plus. Oh my Plus. god, that you're paying for? Yeah, Crunchyroll. That you personally are paying yes, for. Yes, I personally pay for. YouTube Premium, wow. Apple TV Plus, Spotify, Shonen Jump, uh, PSN, oh, yeah. Nintendo, Amazon Prime. <laughs> and I I just recently found out that uh, I'm still paying for Paramount Plus <laughs> and uh, Peacock. Well, that's going to be a nice little load off your back if you didn't even know you were subscribed to them. Or you're going to keep them. I might keep Paramount Plus. I might keep Peacock just because that's the only place where I can watch uh, Parks and Recreation. Oh, that's so, fair. I, I can appreciate that. I remember the thing really hard not to call it what I know I want to call it. Well, are you are you implying, Angel, that because HBO Max dropped the HBO, you're saying Peacock could drop the P? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, just call yeah. it the, huh. you know, the big C. It'll be great. The big, the big C. Wow. I think that's Speaking a show. Highly of, of, yeah. Um, yeah, it probably is. Um, damn. Angel, how many do you have? Hefty amount of subscriptions. kind of crazy. How many do you have, Angel? Mm, not too many because, you know, between, like, my sister and them, like, I definitely share a bunch. The ones yeah, I specifically pay for... Though. Um, I mean, I have obviously Nintendo, PlayStation Plus, which doesn't really feel like I pay for it, just because we have like so many years backlogged on like those little yearly cards that I just got so many of for cheap. But yeah, those two, and Crunchyroll, and Spotify, and I think that's it. Four things. Like I pay well over a hundred dollars for all this stuff. But it's at least content that I want to watch instead of paying like a hundred dollars to Directv for like a bunch yeah. of useless channels that I'm oh, never yeah. gonna watch. For sure. Yeah, or to like subsidize their sports channels or Fox News. Yeah, or so something. that's why yeah. like I understand yeah. the frustration that people have of like, man, this this feels like it's just uh, cable again and satellite TV again. That I think to myself, price wise, yeah, but you're getting content that you want. So yeah. what's the issue there? You know, what's, what's interesting is we're going full circle, not just with the like people are saying it's cable again, but the hot new thing are these like fast services, free ad supported television, like Pluto TV, like Fubo, like oh, Free yeah. by Amazon. The Turtle Channel. Like, yeah, yeah. No, like it's becoming a thing. Like, so Netflix, I don't know if you guys saw or paid any attention. Netflix rolled out an ad supported tier in November. They make more money. Per person who pays six or seven bucks for that ad support tier and the ads they see than they do off every other type of subscriber. So it's only a matter of time before we go full circle with the cable stuff. And yes, we get to pick the content we want on the services we want. And yes, it's more accessible and it's more on demand. But ultimately, it's going to be a thing you pay for that then has ads and commercial breaks. Probably. Because Netflix is finding that's hugely successful for them already. And it's only been a few months. So... Yeah, so get ready for that. I mean, I guess with the exception of a few shows on Netflix, like Agresco, Stranger Things, it's not like I ever think of. It's mainly just background noise. I think the only ones I've actively used the most is probably HBO Max and Crunchyroll. Mainly just because HBO Max has all the Cartoon Network stuff. Like, I can never get tired of watching a regular show. But, hmm. Yeah, I don't have that many personally. I have access to almost all of them, but through various means. But I think I only pay for like three or four if you count Nintendo in there. It's like Apple yeah. TV, Netflix, Hulu that my parents both use. Um, yeah, Apple only had because of, then they give it to you for Nintendo. free once in a while. But that 
ran out, which means I couldn't watch the second episode of Severance, but I guess it's getting canceled, so that doesn't matter anymore. It's not getting canceled. There's a writer's strike. Just accepted, it will be back. Just accept it. It will be back. It's their sure, flagship Bojack show. Bojack survived its writer's strike, but who's to say Severance will survive theirs? I like how you have one example of a show that survived its writer's strike, even though there are literally hundreds that did. Two converted. Okay. Sure. I wasn't going to lift that wasn't the writer's strike. That wasn't the writer's strike that shut that down. That was just Warner that shut that down. My name five shows that survived The Office, yeah. Parks and Rec, uh, 30 Rock, 30 Rock, um, Simpsons, Family Guy. Uh, well, was Family Guy on at that point again? Did it come back yet? Maybe we won't say Family Guy. Um, Futurama. Law and Order, Law and Order SVU, Law and Order CI, CSI, CSI Miami, CSI New York, okay, you're cheating. um, NCIS, oh, NCIS, you said name five. <laughs> I know he didn't name five, he named more. That's I know. It's as if none of them survived. I may. I know. I. I, I overstepped. Yeah, you need so. to follow specific instructions. Clearly, I know, you, I clearly you can't. But yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, and I can't also introduce shows or anything. I'm just. I'm just a mess today. But you know what? I still can do transitions. So we were talking about streaming services, and we were talking about fast services. And I want to point out. There's a show I want to talk about today. Coincidentally, that fits this discussion perfectly. Do you guys know about or have you guys watched Jury Duty on Freebie, on Amazon's Freebie service? I've seen a bunch of ads for it. I've heard it's about it. Good. You, a couple ah, days ago? Yes, a couple days ago when I have to tell you about that it. I didn't know yeah, anything. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's really entertaining. It's um, I mean, So, Kevin, what do you know about the premise, if anything? I know James Morris is displaying himself. Okay. Correct. James so, is that Sonic? Mars, uh, Sonic's human friend. Oh, yes. Donut Lord. How's he doing? Yes, he's, uh, you know, yeah, riding the wave of jury duty hype, I guess. Good to see he's getting but, good for him. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's a successful actor outside of Sonic, so I'm not, I don't think he had trouble getting He was in Westworld uh, but and a million other things. Anyway, jury duty. So... This show, it's a very – it's interesting. So basically the premise – and they say this right at the start, so it's not a spoiler. Um, a guy applies to be part of a jury duty documentary through Craigslist, he thinks. He goes to the courthouse. He gets sequestered with this jury because there's a celebrity in their midst and they're worried about paparazzi. He is living with these people and working with these people and being part of this case for three straight weeks. And there's cameras rolling. The thing is, the case isn't real. The people aren't real. The lawyers aren't real. The jury, like the the courthouse isn't real. The hotel isn't real. He is being put through a series of trials. He has no idea he's being put through, like kind of like trials and tribulations with all these fake things happening around him. All actors doing basically really long form improv. Um, And it's by the writers or some of the people that produce The Office. So it's like that type of humor happening around a real dude and just like watching how he handles it. And it's incredibly entertaining. So yeah, I'm really well for an done. experiment. Yeah, I, I had to walk He's, away real quick. Is James Marsden huh. playing himself, or is or is it literally heightened. just him? He's playing a heightened version of himself. Like okay, a gotcha. Of himself. Gotcha. So, okay. yeah. so, so so he's not a so real it's, person. So it's, it's, it's not show, like the Joe. It's not like the Joe Schmo show where it's not identical, but it's very similar premise where everyone's fake except the one person who's not. Like the reality show that's not really a reality show, right? It's gotcha. Is that what Joe Schmo was? Yeah, it's very similar, but it's basically this whole jury duty thing. And like, 
it's really well done. I mean, if you stop and think about the logistics of pulling off a show like that, like you have to find the right person to be the right fit for this, which they found in this guy named Ronald. Yeah, you have like to a really tough thing for I guess a lead actor or an actor to pull off, you know, pretend yeah. to be a real person, but and no, they're forming real bonds and they have to react. Yeah, and and like so, like they had to. But like, they still don't know what's really going on. So there's still an aspect of like spontaneity, right? It's not. Like, no, they know. So everything is like mapped out. They have all these different scenarios. Uh, that's what I learned when I read about after. So they have all these different scenarios that can play out, and they have to adapt on the fly based on how this real guy Ronald is reacting to everything. So there would be days where he would. And again, this isn't really. It, it, the, the the fun of the show is not like the, oh, oh, he was duped. No one knew he was duped. The fun of the show is watching it unfold. So it's not like I'm spoiling anything by telling you like the premise or the structure. But basically, um, they had to, they had all these different scenarios where depending on how this guy would act, they'd have to unfold things differently. And there are a couple times when I guess they were filming and he was like, man, this feels like, this is crazy. This is like a reality show. And he was saying it jokingly. But the second he said that, they'd pull back all their plans for the rest of the day and literally have the entire cast and him sit through four hours of pseudo like jury duty like they'd just be in a fake court case for four hours and nothing would happen and they'd wrap the day and they'd be like okay we're done filming for today like documentary's done for a day head back to your hotel where you're sequestered you know we'll we'll pick you up in the morning and yeah like so they would have to adapt on the fly to how this guy was reacting to things but they had to have a really creative team of people acting no 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 the guy is real Everyone, I, I guess that's the part that I either missed or didn't quite understand. Okay, yeah. So everyone except this guy Ronald is an actor. Every scenario so is, the is pre-planned. Show. Yeah, it is basically. Oh, yeah, um, you, I, I, I thought Marston was the the target. Was the was the yeah was the no show. no 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 he's one of the characters. So to yeah, speak. I thought he's it was a version of himself. Yeah, I thought that, <laughs> yeah, I thought that that made it really impressive. Like, wow, he's like. Playing himself as an actor, pretending to not know what's going on. Like, oh, man, how can he pull that off? Yes, exactly. Correct. But he's, like, adjacent to the focus of the – he is one of the people playing But there is a person, basically, that is completely unaware that they're filming a show about – They know they're filming a documentary. What they don't know is everything in it is fake. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it is what – Yeah. They really made a team in the trailers, like – James Barnes is the big character of this. <laughs> well, because he's the star power. But no, he he's he's up there. He's one of the most important characters. And he actually formed basically a real friendship with this guy. And like after filming, they become like real friends and like go out all the time together to get, like meet at bars and stuff. Like they're like real friends now. The whole cast is apparently. But um, yes, he plays kind of a heightened version of himself. Um, where he's like, you know, kind of like the douchey, pompous Hollywood star type of attitude. Um. But yeah, no, it's just really well done. And because it turns on the people from the office, like it's that sort of awkward humor a lot. It's um, you know, there's kind of like a Dwight esque sort of character. There's you know, they're, they're unique in their own way, but like you can sort of see shades of the office in the humor. And it's just really well done, considering they spent three weeks doing this and duping this guy and making it all feel seamless enough that he fell for it and didn't you know know and what was going on until they it's pulled a one the trigger. Season at the show, end. I'm guessing, because I mean, obviously, For now, once, yeah, because obviously once it airs, you can't. Do it with that same person, I guess. You have to mm-hmm, move mm-hmm. on. Well, and that's kind of the thing I'd be curious to see is so all eight episodes already came out in April and it's done and over. I think yeah. you can watch them all on freebie. They're like 20 minutes long, two commercials every 10 minutes or something. It's really not bad. Um, but what I'd be curious like is I know with Joe Schmo's show, season two, they like overextended 
in what they're trying to do, and it apparently was nowhere near as good as season one. So I'm very curious, does jury duty just kind of let itself lie? Do the creators try and do something else in a different scenario that's totally unrelated? Is it a one and done? Like, I, it, it's, yeah, I don't know where to go with it next, but it is, it was very well done for what it was, yeah. And fun little tidbit, the hotel they stay in, uh, do you guys remember when we went to the Hulu hotel pop-up? Like that fake, uh, and it wasn't fake, it was like an abandoned hotel that now Hollywood uses for stuff. That's yeah, the hotel. we couldn't oh. find the lock, right? Yeah, yeah, when we were doing the one of the secret things. Uh, for people listening at home, I should clarify that. Hulu last summer, they had this whole ad campaign of like check into the Hulu yeah, motel. It was like a key party like, or something. I know, it was definitely not a key party. <laughs> definitely not a key party. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they did this whole campaign as like check into your I think it's check into your passions or something, and like yeah, you can check out our favorite shows. You go around. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. So yeah, they took over this motel in Studio City that's no longer an active motel, and like all these different hotel rooms were themed around different things. Like there's an only murders in the building, like uh, escape room, and there's like the great and all these other shows. And then when I was watching um, Jury Duty. I'm like, wait a second, I know this hotel because they've used the exact same hotel and just furnished it back like a normal hotel again. So, but because it looks like a real hotel, once again, Ronald, the main guy, had was none the wiser. So, yeah, it's very entertaining. It's very breezy. It's fun. Uh, the ads aren't annoying, like during the commercial breaks. So, check it out. I guess is the takeaway of that. You um, probably could never fall for something like this, right? Like if you, I don't know, because I feel like you know they—they they were so much, sneaky, or you, or you would recognize. I don't know. Well, so you know what the thing that might jump out to me is. So one of the most of the other actors are are people that they. You know, they don't have huge acting careers. Obviously, they can't be too recognizable. Um, and really props in a major way to the casting people for not only finding kind of like these undiscovered people, but finding and casting people that are undiscovered but can do long-form improv for three straight weeks, essentially. Like, that's crazy. But anyway, um, the one thing that might have tipped me off is one of the other jury people um, was the guy that played Sewage Joe on Parks and Rec. Oh, Sewage Joe. Yeah, and I was well, like looking at him, and I I didn't immediately click that was Sue's Joe, but I was looking at him on the show. I'm like, I kind of recognize him, and I don't know if in real life I would have given it a second thought beyond he looks kind of familiar. But that might have been the biggest tip off. Well, actually, the biggest tip off would be if we if I was sent to the Hulu motel that I know wasn't a real hotel. But um, you know, assuming that didn't happen, yeah, I, I think Sue's Joe might have tipped me off. But it, they they do a good job. Like they really they only have three cameramen that. Ronald, the guy, can see. So they make it seem like a really small-scale documentary, but they hide cameras everywhere in the hotel, in the courthouse, which is also an abandoned courthouse that's no longer active, which they redressed. Like, they they really did a good job of making it seem like it's just a small-scale um, documentary. And because of that, that alleviated a lot of the, like, why, why does this feel like it's TV? Because, you know, they do talking heads. They'd have testimonials with the, with the whole jury together. They'd have, like production breaks and catering and everything just like you know any production but they're telling him it's a special documentary they're doing not this whole other thing so that probably helped lower his guard a little thinking it was just how a documentary goes i don't know so anyway that's what i was watching the last couple weeks and it was really cool um but i know that someone on our list put down uh demon slayer as something they were watching season three in particular yeah, la di da. That was my... <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've watched sat down to watch any anime in general. I've had a lot of anime on my list, but I don't know. I don't know if I wasn't just in the mood, but or maybe I was just too busy. But 
Man, I, I won't obviously go too deep into what happened in season three so far. I don't even know if the fifth episode's out already. But it is. I mean, for what? Oh, it is? Oh, man. Oh, I guess I'll probably watch that right after. But <laughs> I mean, for one thing, like, I actually, wow, I haven't really watched too many shows in general, but I just missed 23 minute episodes, except for that first episode. Jesus, I, I didn't realize I was getting into a movie. I didn't see the runtime when I started it. I was just like, oh, it's still going. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's still like going. 50 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, and you saw that in theaters, right? Yeah, the oh. theater, it was the last two episodes of season two. So that final fight, we were able to see Damn. it on the big screen. That was amazing. awesome. And yeah, then that imagine. episode of Demon Slayer, the first episode of season three. Damn. Damn, we also had a lot of, like, yeah, that first episode, like, because it's just been so long, I just... It was a nice reminder of like just how high the production values on the show is. I was just like kind of blown away again, just by how nice the sets are. How how well they use the three D. Like I think for the most part, you know, three D. It's always it it stands out. I mean, good or bad, it just stands out. But I think as far as three D and, and most animes go, I think it's one of my favorites because it just kind of owns it. But. I mean, other than that, I also just forgot how much I missed seeing these characters just interact. Except Zenitsu, I don't know. I mean, he's still probably my least favorite. I don't hate him, but, you know, he's still whiny crybaby. But, yeah, especially in that first episode. At least what they showed little of him. But, man, yeah, like I said, just really missed the show. And just forgot how cool some of the action and stuff is. But, definitely looking forward to more. But, I don't know, I'm enjoying it so far. Just really, really enjoying it. Just really back to be in the Demon Slayer fold. And if anything, just kind of itching to have like a backup show or just something else to watch simultaneously because Mob is done or has been done for a while. And I don't think we've gotten any word on a OVA or anything. But I mean, are you still, are you watching anything else simultaneously? I'm guessing everything else is done. Oh, I guess I could watch My Hero. Is that done? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could catch up on My Hero for sure. Yeah, because I had only seen that first episode when we did the, you know, our first episode of the seasons of various yeah. shows. Oh, my God. Blue Lock. I forgot about Blue Lock. How did that Blue wrap Lock's, up well? Uh, it, is, it is not the squid soccer squid games that we thought it was going to be. Huh. Uh, but, but I still really enjoyed it. Hmm. No, that's good. I mean, yeah, more to look forward to then. I'll still check it out. Um, anything else on that list that you're still watching, even if it's not uh, on that list? I mean, you should probably finish Chainsaw Man. Oh, my God. I forgot to watch Chainsaw Man, too. You should so probably anime. finish Chainsaw Man. And then there's a brand new Mappa anime out called uh, Hell's Paradise, which is hmm. okay. Hell's uh, Paradise, Death Parade, on the same kind of lines? No, this is this takes place in, like, Japan a long time ago. Mm. But it's a fantasy oh. show. Oh. Yeah. I'd have to check that out then. But yeah, I guess Demon Slayer and might as well work on My Hero because I know those seasons are actually pretty beefy. Yeah, this was, a lot of this was definitely the best season of uh, My Hero in a while. Really? And you said it's one of the weakest starts? Or yeah, that, it... that uh, the whole paranormal liberation army war arc was supposed to be really cool but it was really let down by its animation the mm. second half uh which is 
the vigilante Deku arc is super awesome. Really mm-hmm. well animated. Damn. Definitely can't wait to do that then. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's pretty much been that. Just kind of rediscovering anime again. And just happy with it again. But yeah, nothing too crazy, Jason. I mean, I'm guessing you haven't touched or even looked at anime or even maybe scoffed at it if you did catch a glance. I didn't scoff at it, no. I, I haven't really gone back to anything, though, no. Blue Lock, for a minute, I was considering until Kevin told me however long ago that it was not Soccer Squid Game like he just said here. And then I was like, oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah no, it's I've, I've been burning through Bob's Burgers lately. I'm on season 11 now. So, not an anime, but animated. Yeah, which I mean, so. yeah, still cool. I mean, damn. When you really like something, you really just dive on in. So, yeah, they, I had no idea. Well, there'll be an anime. So much wordplay. I, I so fir- firmly believe there is an anime out there that everyone would be obsessed. Yeah, with. Yeah, it's so. called Pokemon. I already burned. Already went through all that. I <laughs> believe there's a anime, a modern anime that everyone is obsessed with. So we'll we'll find yours. One of these hmm, days. Everyone, bold claim. Are you saying if I go to my parents' house and go, hey, mom, what anime are you obsessed with? She's going to be like, well, let me tell you about Dragon Ball Z. No, they just haven't discovered that... it yet. Like, there's so okay. many anime out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's a. I mean, That's true. That's true. I mean, just... What's been really yeah. interesting, kind I'm, of. I mean, I'm sure is... there's one that, like, you could show your mom that she would be obsessed with. But, you know, they have to give it a try. And they have to just not think by default, like, oh, anime means this, because. I mean, that's no different than... Well, like, yeah, it's very diverse within ima- that. Imagine sure. Jason gets hardcore into One Piece. Oh, my God. Imagine that was it the fault. <laughs> well, it would have happened but already, what right? If, what, if it's the live action, it, but... what if it's the live-action Netflix One Piece I get super hardcore into? How disappointed would you be in me? That uh... show's not going to last, so... I don't even think that show's going to come out. Apparently it hit some serious production delays. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's some message from, like, one of the creators. It was just like, yeah, we've had our differences, but now we're working through it. I'm like, oh, that doesn't bode well. So, like, if you have to go publicly say, like, hey, we couldn't agree on things, but now we're better. It's like, oh, (laughs) what's that mean for the direction of the show? So, It'll happen in one year's time. There's a few shows that we'll throw at you. This is a couple that I want to throw at you. But, I don't know, I guess we'll see. Because clearly, like, I mean, I do like, I do Attack, like, Attack like, Titan didn't do it for you because you stopped watching it after the first. Episode. I do like the Ghibli movies, to be fair, and I've seen a bunch of those. No, yeah, but we're talking about theories because I mean, we're talking about something well, I was you're trying ready... to give myself an out, and no, you wouldn't take no, it. No, so. I'm, I'm talking about <laughs> things they're willing to commit to. Like, I want you to find something. You're... I mean, a movie is very low commitment. You just kind of watch it. I still think he should watch Kaguya-sama with Rachel. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the one that has the strongest potential from everything that you guys have told me about. Yeah, in all honesty. Yeah, but I want to find one that, like, you yourself, without the Rachel factor. Because, yeah. But but listen, Angel, I have propped up the Japanese economy so much with my Nintendo fandom and all the Nintendo stuff I bought that, like, I I don't need a double dip to Japan. I can give America. If there was a Nintendo anime, you'd be all over it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Let's be real. I guess they have to wait for Nintendo to do that then. I mean, it's only a matter of... And given how successful the Mario movie's been, billion bucks in 26 days, I'm pretty sure it's only a matter of time until they uh, Mm -hmm. fueled out. They have their own yeah. studio now, so maybe it'll be CG. They do. You know what? I'll even count they that. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Make an anime out of the F-Zero GX plot that was already in there. To be honest, oh, they did have an F-Zero. Anime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. F-Zero yeah, GP so, Legend. Oh, it never came stateside, game. though, did it? Yes, it did. It did. Yes, yeah, it was it on did. the Fox box, right? 
Yeah. Oh, so I never watched the show, but I really loved the tie-in Game Boy Advance F-Zero GP Legend. It was... Huh. Maybe you should give that really a shot. Good. I really what? liked it. Maybe Whatever. I should, even though it got canceled. So it doesn't have an Check ending, out an episode but... or two and let us know just how it is, because I'm just kind of curious. Herbie Where right do you think I could find... Also oh, That's yeah. true. There it has a very catchy theme song. Huh. Um... Yeah, I guess. I think... I, you know what? I will do that. Maybe not for next episode, because between Zelda and we're going to Disney World and stuff, but I will... Uh, sometime in the next few episodes, I will go hunt down the F-Zero anime and oh, share my God. notes here on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm very curious it's happening. what you would think about it's it. It's happening. I think I only caught, like, an episode here and there, and just, like, the final scene that everyone always shares where, you know, he does the Falcon Punch. It's just funny that that came full circle from Smash Brothers, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Donkey Kong does some Smash Bros. moves in the Mario movie, too. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Should we real quick I don't, quick I don't touch recognize on that? any of these anime that the studio that did F-Zero. <laughs> What's like, there's it? probably a reason for that, in all oh, honesty. Oh, never mind. I, I know in another world with my smartphone. <laughs> okay. Some of these names of some of these shows... There was a game I saw that had a crazy name that uh, Warrior sixty four was tweeting out a deal for, and he had to actually like be like, okay, fine, if you guys want the full title, because he shortened it. I'll see if I could find it. But while we're talking about Japanese so, Nintendo media content, I feel like now's the time, Angel. Do we want to touch on that we went and watched the Mario movie in a language we don't fully understand? Yeah, for a screening of the Super Mario Brothers movie for me, and third I guess, for me, and I guess final. Because I don't think I'm going to watch it a fifth time. Though if my sister suddenly wanted to watch it in theaters, I probably would. But yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. We're probably just going to do a home screening at that point. I oh my God. Me. And I did, But I did kind of watch the whole movie in, the, in both the Gangster's Paradise and Megalovania vocoded. Wait, wait, wait. You actually sat through all of it? Um, not... The whole hour and a half, like maybe 40 minutes, 45 minutes. I kind of like skipped around like a few. I kind of skipped past a few That's scenes. way more than I'd have to pay. But it was basically, I basically saw the whole movie. I just kind of skipped, like I skipped the scene where they're in the field of flyer, fire flowers. Mainly like, you know, minor exposition. But right, not that there was a ton of it because the movie's already fast paced. But yeah, but I mean, obviously right, right off the bat, um, no, they did not replace the soundtrack with the original score. Which is a shame because we saw recently like an edit, which we knew was coming, and it's obviously going to be a better one once the movie's officially out. Of uh, the Donkey Kong scene with the track "Driving Me Bananas" from the from the soundtrack, and it matched perfectly. It was it was beautiful, but yeah, that, that that for for full for full disclosure clarity. When Angel and I were batting around, do we go see a movie in a language you understand? We were mainly like, well, what differences could there possibly be in the Japanese Mario movie? Maybe the voices are more true to some characters or different. Maybe uh, what would Peaches sound like in Japanese? Is the Mario rap in Japanese? But the one we were really gunning for to make it worth our money. Tentacle monster. Which ended up being with what? A tentacle monster. Correct. Exactly. Halfway through, we thought, you know what? This needs... <laughs> no, but <laughs> what we really thought... Yeah, we were like, well, instead of an eel, maybe in the Japanese version when they fall off Rainbow Road. No, but um, we were like, well, licensed music. Like, is Take On Me or Thunderstruck or any of those songs, as is that going to resonate in Japan? And if not, does that mean we get to hear Brian Tyler's really great soundtrack, which is what you were talking about, Angel? And the answer is no. All the songs are exactly the same. But the Mario raps in Japanese. 
But anyway, so that's what we went into the movie kind of hoping for was maybe that music change and it just wasn't there, which I guess I get. But Yeah. Yeah. A little disappointing, but yeah, there were, you know, like Cranky Kong, we felt at least like the performance sounded more like what we would expect from Cranky Kong. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the American – like I love Fred Armisen, but I don't know – and I think we talked about this an episode two ago. I don't know why they put peanut butter in his mouth like, mouth like they would do with like Mr. Ed, the talking horse back in the 70s. Like I don't know why he sounds like that, but the Japanese Cranky Kong is much more uh, game appropriate yeah. or game referencing, game accurate. Yeah, but even otherwise, like, you know, like Mario, like a lot of them kind of sound similar, you know, to like their American counterparts. You know, Bowser just has like a deeper, gruffier voice than Jack Black. So if anything, like, you know, he sounds more like a monster. But, yeah, you know. But that guy who does Bowser nails. I don't know if they, I still don't know if if he sung Peaches himself or if they blended the chorus from Jack Black with his voice acting, this other guy. But like, it's very similar to the chorus. Like, Shockingly similar. Maybe they pick someone that is also musically talented. But, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, but other than that, um, yeah, like the only other thing that I don't know if it was like a Japanese. I, I doubt it is at this point. But I guess, or maybe just because it was like the first time watching it that I'm just noticing other things. But when DK jumped out, I distinctly heard DK's voice from Donkey Kong Country Returns. Where at the beginning of every level, you kind of hear like him do like a little battle cry and then he like lands on the stage you mean the like thing yeah. he does you should you should do it you should do it well yeah, you, you did a pretty good one I, actually that yeah, i think you know, could like, do better but, i think you could do better i yeah, think he, kevin you should give it a shot yeah, i heard, I heard him <laughs> i heard him do that and i was like oh i either never noticed that before or that's new and you know besides that just like looking at some things online because you know i know very little japanese but it was basically enough to know like roughly what was going on. Like if I hadn't seen the movie before, I could like piece together the plot just like from some keywords. But I wouldn't be able to tell like, you know, inflections or like characterization, which apparently is mostly the same, except like they just rounded off the edges of some characters. Like um I know they don't say like Bowser will eat you alive or Oh, and no one like you know, no one really uh, talks about Mario being small. That's, like, not really a thing in this movie. Which, which is so strange because that was one of the, like, themes as I was talking about after we first saw it. Yeah, that's probably the biggest yeah. difference. Just that, like, yeah, the whole being small thing is, like, completely gone. I forgot what it was replaced with. But, yeah, it's no one's insulting Mario. And, yeah, for the most part, like, everyone is just, like, not as mean. And also, like, you know, DK doesn't whisper, I hate you, to Mario. He says something, like, not as aggressive. But, you know, so right. kind of like rivalry. But, yeah, it was, it was what, so fun. What was, what was kind of interesting is um, – so obviously, you know, the, the movie is a joint venture in that it's Japanese company in Nintendo and American and Parisian company Ooh. in Illumination. Uh, they didn't – so you would think, OK, so it's dubbed for English because Illumination. Maybe it's dubbed for Japanese. Like the mouth movement was not reanimated for Japan even though that's Nintendo's home market. So there were times that sometimes they look really on, on point and there are times that it would look totally different. And I was a little surprised given, again, it's Nintendo's home market. They didn't re-render anything, which I guess for cost reasons they don't have to. But, you know, Mario's home market. It's also interesting that um, all the Marioisms, perhaps not a surprise, all the Marioisms are still in English because that's just what Mario says even in the Japanese game. So when he says Mamma Mia, when he says, you know, when Peach says here we go, when uh, – 
the Yahoos, the Wahoos. Um, weirdly enough, when they do the princesses in another castle joke, they say it in English and put subtitles up on the screen. There's like three instances where they put Japanese subtitles and keep the English verbiage because that's where like the, the phrase or the meme or whatever got its traction was in English. So I thought that was, that was kind of interesting too, that, um, even though it's a product of Nintendo, second base company in Japan, Nintendo's home country, still, it was kind of like Japan got like second fiddle in terms of the localization of it compared to like the initial English release. So that was kind of interesting to see too. Yeah. I mean, just in um, general, the fact that we got it first at all was kind of interesting. Yeah, but. that's true. I mean, fast, rewind 15 years, Nintendo would, 20 years, Nintendo would never have done the US first. Yeah. I mean, it's Mario we're talking about, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that was, that I was mean, fun. Definitely don't regret yeah, it. Yeah, it was a cool experience. And, I'll be, and, and, and it was free. Because apparently, like, <laughs> yeah. of the four times I saw the Mario movie in theaters, I've only had to pay for two of them. Yeah, I've only had to pay for one. When we did 4DX, I think we mentioned it on the show at the time, the seats didn't move, so we got a full refund, even though we moved to seats that did move. This one, I we called this. We called this. So they announced um, the context here. I just realized we never said. So Universal put out these Japanese screenings in, like, five places in the country because they have large Japanese populations. It's a really cool opportunity for kids Japanese is their first language and their, you know, primary culture, and they can go see their guy, Mario, in their native language in their city. Um, so L.A. had a couple because we do have a large population. Um, so on AMC's website, it said Japanese, no subtitles. On Fandango, it did not say anything. And I said to Angel, I guarantee you there's going to be people here that are confused because they probably thought they're just buying a Saturday matinee. And sure enough, like 20 minutes into the movie, they lower the volume, out walks an AMC per, uh, employee, and they're just like, so uh, do you guys want to switch it to English? Uh, what do we want to do here? And of course, most of the room was like, no, 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 Japanese. So they offered refunds to anyone who would uh, who wanted to see it in English and got confused. So yeah, we saw it for free two times. Me two times. Yeah, both of us two times. Yeah. Damn. So, oh, yeah, can't wait. I mean, but we, got, well, we uh, were watching all. Hmm. Oh, no, I was gonna say, but I mean, maybe we're getting a Transformers screaming out, screening out of it. So that's true. Yeah, we're putting those 4DX tickets right into <laughs> Beast Wars. Yeah, well, Rise of the Beast, whatever. Um, no, David. Cage, yeah, well, we so were watching all. But still, what was that? Oh, no, yeah, no, no, it's not quite Beast Wars. I know. Yeah, there's humans in it. It's automatically not Beast Wars. But while we were watching all that. Kevin, you did a double a double dose of classic horror almost, I guess you could say, like Evil Dead and Renfield. Do you want to, I see that on the list. Do you want to tell us about that, I guess? Uh, yeah, sure. I, within the last two weeks, I saw two very, very different horror movies. Uh, one, a return to one of my favorite horror franchises, one of my favorite franchises in general. And one, I was going to say a spinoff, but no, just a... Uh, just characters based off a of classic, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, obviously. Uh, the first one that I saw was Evil Dead Rise. Um, yeah, I love the Evil Dead franchise. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I don't think I've ever even seen one, which I now realize as I say it out loud is insane. But I, I feel like I know, or I've seen many clips Bruce of Kent. it. But, yeah, uh, and like I'm familiar with Bruce Campbell. I actually know him from Burn Notice of all things I think I on USA. Enjoy it, but... but yeah, never got around to it. Yeah, yeah, the original Evil Dead trilogy, like especially the first one. The first one was made of like a shoestring budget, uh, classic horror movie about teenagers going to the capital of the woods for a fun time. Uh, the second one got like really meta, where it almost remakes the first movie, but with less mm-hmm. characters. 
And then the third one is just straight up like a action comedy movie, uh, which is uh, Army of Darkness. And then about a decade at this point, when did it come out? I think either 2013 or 2016, a brand new movie in the franchise came out called Just Evil Dead, which is a sort of pseudo remake of the first one. But without any of the camp that Sam Raimi is known for, Sam Raimi did produce the the movie, but it was uh, it was just like this hardcore horror movie uh, that I love. It, I I think that that quote unquote remake is great. So then, out comes this new Evil Dead movie. I'm like, hell yeah! I love Evil Dead. Anything to keep the franchise alive, I I I want because the first Evil Dead movie is. Not revolutionary in the same way that like the thing or the screen or the first screen movie is, but it's just like a really well done, cheap B movie uh, that you know spawned this this classic franchise that I love. And the trailer for this thing looked awesome. It this movie takes place not in a cabin in the wood, but in a like grungy downtown LA apartment that's like really really cramped, and. I loved it. I, I loved this change so much. Um, similar to the way that I loved how Scream went from like this this like sleepy town to New York City, it, it gives it this like this breath of fresh air that I didn't know that I needed from an Evil Dead movie. Um, unfortunately, that's all I liked about the movie. Everything else about this movie didn't like, um, which is a huge bummer. Uh. The characters are so forgettable in this movie. It does a bad job of making me care about the relationship that this family in this apartment have. Like, the actors act their ass off, but there's absolutely no chemistry between them, and these guys are supposed to love each other. Um, Anybody who is in the main cast is just cannon fodder. They don't even attempt to give them any characteristics or any individuality. They're just there to die later on in the movie. Spoiler alert. A lot of people die in this movie. Um, the final villain, while it like looks cool, it's on screen for maybe thirty seconds, which uh, I like. Something that I hated about this movie so much is that they introduce a lot of like subplots, or they will, or the characters will speak a line about something that just has no relevance towards anything related to the movie. So, for a like minor spoiler. Uh, this apartment that this family is staying in, uh, there's a throwaway line about like, oh yeah, we have to move out of here because the apartment's getting demolished in a month. And that just that line just goes nowhere. No one else brings it up ever again. None of the uh, other residents of this apartment do anything with that line. It's, and that's not the only one. I won't spoil the other lines, but oh, it's just it's just such a wasted opportunity. Um, I'm seeing a lot of love, and if you love this movie, great. But something that I don't understand is this movie is getting a lot of praise because apparently to a lot of people, it's a return to form uh, in in that this is like, oh, this is like a fun, campy horror movie. Not really. There's there's like two scenes. One scene that, invo- that involves an eyeball. And one scene that involves a peephole, but they last all of one minute, and that's all the camp that this movie gets. 
So I don't understand these people coming out of nowhere being like, oh yeah, it's such it's such good campy fun. There is barely any camp in this movie at all. Hmm. Um like Evil Dead, I'll call it Evil Dead 13. The the remake. Evil Dead 13 like had no camp, but that movie was never you were never going into that movie, especially with the with the like red band trailer that, that movie had and you didn't go into that expecting camp. I go in here expecting some camp because unlike Evil Dead 13, Sam Raimi and even Bruce Campbell really went out of their way to push this movie. Uh, like this is evil. This is the Evil Dead that you know and love. Almost like throwing shade to the remake, even though they were involved in it. Spoiler alert: Bruce Campbell is at the is at the end of that remake movie. Um. Yeah, it just doesn't doesn't do it for me. The biggest problem that this movie has is that it's just not scary at all. Every scare you see coming a mile away. Um, were the um, old ones like one, two, three before the remake? Were those like scary, scary, or are they kind of more leaning on the camp than the? They're they're definitely factor? they're definitely leaning more on the camp. Uh, Evil Dead Two, I guess you could say, is a scarier movie, but like Evil Dead Thirteen is just straight up a horror movie. That movie doesn't even try to like make any jokes. Gotcha, right, right. Um, so that's why I will give that movie a pass because, like I said, I'm not going into that remake expecting some campy fun. No. Here, I was expecting right. it can't be fun because everybody's saying, hey, this this feels just like Evil Dead. No, it doesn't. Like, calm down. Um, <laughs> like, the, the main villains across this entire series are, are the Deadites. Basically, like, evil spirits that possess somebody. And the main characteristics of the Deadites are they have pale white eyes, and they're, like, mischievous, like, a-holes. Right? Like, they're pranksters. And Evil Dead 13 had the same issue where the Deadites didn't really feel like Deadites. Uh, but at least in Evil Dead 13, like I said, it, it I don't want to make it like a, a scapegoat. The fact that that movie was just a hardcore horror movie. This movie tries to play it funny every now and then with the Deadites. But they're just monsters here, especially the, the final villain of this movie. Like, there's no camp there. Like, the makeup and practical effects were good, but I kind of expect that, <laughs> like, now, especially after Evil Dead 13. Uh, I went to go see this with uh, another buddy of ours, uh, Montenegro, which uh, you guys know. Angel definitely knows mm -hmm, him. I don't mm -hmm. know if Jason knows him. I know him, yeah. And we both love the Evil Dead franchise. Like, I went, we we went to, like, this nice theater, we had a couple of drinks, and we both came out of that movie saying, like, man, that movie sucked. That that it was just so it was super disappointing, and that's like, a bummer. Originally, this was supposed to be an HBO Max release, and I kind of wish it went there because that way I didn't have to waste my time going to a movie theater. Like, just a super super bummer on like all points. Um, it it had potential to be great, the new location, and you know this hype to a return to form and it just failed on every like aspect with the exception of it be, like taking place in the light you know just uh just uh, i i almost want to give it like a one out of five honestly um but the only thing that keeps me from doing that is that the uh the title crawl like the title card is yeah. 
one of the best things that I've seen this entire year. So it bumps the, it. The bumps title it card. The is. title card is amazing <laughs> in this movie. I'm. It's so good, and that like bumps it up to like a two out of five. But yeah, that's uh, Evil Dead Rise. What a what a disappointment. Like, but congrats my, to the graphic department on that title card. It sounds like. Yeah, that that title card rules. <laughs> um, on the like opposite side of the horror coin, I saw Redfield on Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. No, not Monday. I saw it uh, Saturday. I saw it on Saturday. Um, this was, was it like a surprise. I wasn't expecting anything out of this movie. You guys have seen the trailer of this movie, right? Yeah, Nick Cage is a vampire, but Nicholas Holt yeah, is a assistant that was... wants to get out. Actually, curious about watching it. It seemed interesting, but yeah, I'm it, curious. And Ben Schwartz is in it, so that's an immediate. Why do I recognize for me. the lead though? Not Nicholas Cage. Like I know I saw him something. Nick Nicholas Holt. Yeah, you you know him from a few things. Um, Go. He was the dude hopped up on spray cans in uh, Mad Max Fury Road. That was him. Uh, well, def- definitely didn't recognize him for yeah. that, but. Yeah, Ooh, no, he, that's, that's um, nice what else has Holt been in, Nicholas Holt? He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's definitely uh, been on he something. I'll, I'll know, I'll know when he one of you beast. say, oh, no, wait. no, that's not what I know him from. But now that you say that, I, yeah, he does look familiar from that. There was something, oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm like Googling it, Nick. I'm on it. And I know, I and anytime anyone says his name, I keep thinking Steve Holt, but I know that's more like a joke. Steve Holt. <laughs> Uh yeah, he was he was beast in X Men like we were saying in first class. Um, since then he did Fury Road, as we also also said. Oh, he was in Warm Bodies. He was the lead. Huh. When I look uh, up Nick Holt, I get British actor that died in nineteen seventy nine. H O U L T. H O U. Yeah. Oh, wow! Throwing a little curveball there. Mm-hmm. He's in the favorite. There's the way you saw that. <laughs> I know. It's just I'm reading him as I see him. Uh, well, right, I'm, I'm sure. I'm this is some riveting podcast material right here. We're all just reading Wikipedia pages. Did you Did you uh, end up seeing the menu? Because he was at that. He was the main character at that. Yes, he was in the menu. That's true. Did oh, you see that? Oh, that's what it's for. No, of course not. I, I thought maybe you would see it after we <laughs> talked so well We both well talked about very highly of it, yeah. I mean, I'm not allowed to criticize him when someone talks highly of something because that's when you guys talk highly of anime, I still don't see it, so I can't critique. Oh, he was in Deadpool 2. It, it was from about a boy. Also as Beast. Wow, really? <laughs> no, what? Um, he was Tolkien and Tolkien. <laughs> okay, whatever. No, I mean, based on this list, I'm sure it had to have been X-Men. It had to have been X-Men. Exactly. Everything else doesn't look familiar. I mean, I know Angel how much you love Renaissance uh, romance comedy, The Great. Unless he had like like a random appearance in a TV show, that's like the only thing I could think of. But yeah, he dated Jennifer Lawrence for a long time. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, anyways, wait, wait, that guy. Yes, that guy. Yeah, alongside Nicholas, a lot of Nicks in this movie, Cage and Holt. Yeah, anyways, uh, Redfield. Uh, Nicholas Holt plays uh, Montague Redfield, something like that. I don't remember what what, uh, his first name is. Uh, But he plays Nicholas Cage's Dracula's familiar, right? Like his right-hand man. Uh, And 
in modern times, Redfield is pretty much just fed up with being uh, sort of Nick Cage's lackey. Um, when I saw this trailer, especially the, the first one, I kind of assumed that Nick Cage was sort of going to be a cameo. But no, he's in this movie a lot. Um, and Isn't he the antagonist? That's kind of what I gathered from the, from the trailer. Well, yeah, he's Dracula. Right. Redfield is, is, is Dracula. And uh, Redfield sort of feels like a codependent uh, where he, he's trying to escape uh, Dracula, but he, you know, he, he's having struggles with it. Try uh, him being his like own person, and that's pretty much what the mm. movie is about. Um, but then Ben Schwartz's character, who I had no idea was going to be in this movie, so imagine Mike Giddy when John Ralphio is playing <laughs> a tattooed, cocaine snorting uh, Bob Boss's son, uh, who's hilarious in this movie. This movie surprisingly funny. I wasn't expecting much from this movie. But the comedic tone, gotta say, really, really worked well in this. Uh, Nicholas Holtz is fine. He he sort of plays like an everyman. And there's a voiceover. I hate movies that do voiceovers. Sorry. But, like, uh, he he's, like, fine. Aquafina is in this movie as a cop. She's also fine. But, like, Nick Cage. Nick Cage, of course he seals the show with this movie. Of course he does. There's, there's a scene specifically that takes place in Redfield's apartment that is... Oh, it's just... Nick Cage is so good. Like, I thought this movie was going to be... Especially coming off the successes that he just recently had. Like, his sort of, like, his uh, his renaissance, you know? Uh, right. Right, is it renaissance or resurgence? Oh, uh, no. Uh, depends on both work. Like, the Keanu-sance for Keanu's renaissance. Okay, so, like, especially... His revival, off, his comeback. Yeah, his, yeah, his comeback yeah. after, like, uh, you... There's a couple of massive weight of unbearable talent. Exactly that movie. Like he had a he was in Spider Verse. Uh, right. He just came off like a bunch of like really really like well done movies. Oh, Pig. Have you seen Pig? Pig's great. I've wanted to see Pig. I just haven't gotten around to it. Same with actually unbearable weight or massive weight or whatever it's called. Still need to see that. Yeah. Uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. There we go. Yeah, that's, what, that's what it was. I said it the other way before. I was like the massive weight of unbearable talent, but that that's not. Yeah. As- I th- I unbearable thought, uh, talent is not a good phrase. I thought this was going to be like a low point in his uh, resurgence, but no, he like you could tell he's having a lot of fun being this being this this uh, Dracula. Um, very gory, very action heavy. Uh, the 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 gore is very CGI heavy, which doesn't look great, especially compared to the practical effects of Evil Dead Rise. But, like, if you would have told me a month ago that I would have told you to watch Redfield over the new Evil Dead movie, I would have called you insane. But here we are. <laughs> I I really liked it. Obviously, uh, I want to say you have to go to the theater to watch this movie. Um, you know, just wait for it on the subscription service. But I, I definitely recommend it. it. It's it's very funny. There's John Ralphio's. Oh, man. That, that, ben Schwartz is just so good. What What's... what's What's he been up to? Have you? Well, he now does. Have you ever been to any of his comedy shows? He does long form improv called Ben Schwartz and Friends. Um, he does them in L.A. pretty often. But basically they get one prompt from the audience at the start and then they riff and world build and improv for like an hour. Like him and like two other people. Like so, And usually there's another 
famouser person along with them. So like some former SNL people have popped up. Um, the dude that played um, – oh, what's his name? One of the guys from uh, uh, The Good Place was at the one I went to when I saw him. But yeah, he does – so he does the voice work. He does the acting and he does these comedy shows. He's taking it around the world now. Like he played like Carnegie Hall in New York and Radio City in New York and like he's doing London. And yeah, they're really fun shows. I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> well, actually, on Netflix, they, they have they have a variant of it, uh, Middle Ditch and Schwartz on Netflix. It's three episodes. Yeah, it's, it's that format, but in person. I guess yeah. he's Sonic. He is Sonic. Yes, he could just coast, he could just coast off those residuals. I mean, he has other movies too. I'm drawing a blank, but yeah, I know. I mean, I've, I've been following him on Twitter for years. So like, I always see him talk about his comedy shows. What's cool is um, the venue he does here in L.A. When he does them, for anyone listening that's in L.A. Um, Largo, which is not that big of a, it's like a hundred, 200 seat, 250 seat place. He always does it there. So it's like a really like small show. It's really cool. It's like very like intimate feeling. So if you ever want to go to one, I'd be down. I'm just saying. He does them pretty often. So. Oh, looks like Nick Holt is going to be John Arbuckle. Did not know that. Is Speaking it Chris Pratt that... supposed to be Garfield of that? Yes. He is. Yes. Oh, Nick Holt was in Robot Chicken. He was the voice of Harry Potter. Okay, he was a voice. That's not at all what you're thinking of when you think Nick Holt. No, 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 no. It. Oh, no, no. no, no <laughs> I'm just looking at, like, just everything he did. And all the... oh. Speaking of um, things that we said we get back, like, references we need to get back to, I told you guys there's a game with a really long name when you're talking about animes with long names. Here's yeah, the it. name. I did. Huh. Uh, there's This is a real all Switch right. game. Mon Yu... Defeat monsters and gain strong weapons and armor. You may be defeated, but don't give up. Become stronger. I believe there will be a day when the heroes defeat the Devil King. That's the game name. Very uh, Mr. Peanut Butter's game show on BoJack Horseman length. Name. I'm wondering if that was just like a reference to anime names that can get pretty long or mangas. Oh, no, that's exactly what it is. That's when I was saying when you guys were talking about long anime names. And I was like, there's a game that does it too. That, that, that's the game. Oh, no, no. I meant um, the Peanut Butter one. Oh, no, I think they're just being wordy to be wordy. There's mm-hmm. actually, uh, Rachel's been rewatching BoJack, or watching BoJack for the first time, so I've been rewatching it a bit. It holds up really well. What a great show, BoJack. Damn. Yeah. But anyway, um, while we're on this movie train, Angel, you just saw Jojo Rabbit for the first time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, just kind of so, out of the blue. We haven't had movie nights in many a moon, and... It's kind of funny how you ended up on Jojo Rabbit because we were we were throwing about a bunch of other movies like oh what do you feel like watching uh, maybe John Wick two maybe I forgot what else was like on the suggestion list but there was a couple action movies there were some dramas on there and then uh, my brother in law suggested Jojo Rabbit and I had only remembered vaguely a trailer but I knew it was like I'm, I'm like oh it, it, I remember it being kind of a comedy and it kind of is. And then I showed my sister, like, the first minute of a trailer. And, you know, she recognized a bunch of actors and was like, oh, yeah, this looks fun. Like, let's check it out. Obviously, like, you know, we know the subject matter. But we thought it was going to be, like, really leaning into the the parody side and be, like, all, I guess, uh, satire. But, you know, um, we, we laughed. We cried. We, we got angry. It was it was really good. I'm glad we watched it. But, yeah, Taika Waititi, you know, <laughs> did a great job both directing and everyone did great it was a really fun movie but yeah i think as far as like these uh world war ii movies 
it definitely still is probably the lighter one of all the ones I've seen because there's others that are just, you know, just depressing the entire time, which, you know, like, are still, I still really like a lot of those. But you kind of can't really just throw one on the way we threw this one on. And even then, like, I think had we known that it would kind of run the gamut of feelings and, you know, not be afraid to get serious to what it needs to be and not just be joke after joke after joke, then we probably would have watched something else and saved it for a different time. But, you know, either way, really enjoyed it. Surprised it took me this long to watch it. When did it come out? Like a couple years ago? Uh, before Ragnarok, I think. So, while. Wow. I remember... Is that right? Was it before or after Ragnarok? Kevin, do you remember? Yeah, I know you're a Taika fan. That This this came out after Ragnarok. Okay, it was after. So it was in wow. between the Thors. Okay. I, I guess that's it. my catchphrase. I think the elongated well. But, uh... Yeah. I oh, oh, you know your other catchphrase? Damn. In that tone. <laughs> damn. Oh, goddammit. <laughs> See? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but I still remember... You telling me you were off to go watch it that you just watched it. Did you watch it in theaters, Jason? Me? Did yes. Both, I saw both it you watch it in My theaters? dad and I went, yes. Oh. I haven't seen it. Oh. You, really? I'm surprised, given your fandom of, of, of Taika. You oh. have not seen it. Interesting. It was Google lied to us. It said it was on Disney+. Plus, and I thought that made sense because it's a Fox movie. But then it wasn't on Disney+. Plus. It wasn't on anything. We had to rent it for three ninety nine from... Paramount. No, from Prime. But I guess we could have also done YouTube. But regardless, it was not on any streaming service. Just barely accessible. And there was nothing that even implied that it was taken off. Like, the closest thing I saw was that it was added in March of 2022. So, I guess a year was too long already. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing... Well, do you remember your, what your impressions were of it, Jason? Like, I'm guess. Uh, I literally just went back and looked at my tweet from the time, and I said I never thought a movie about Nazis could be so heartwarming. So, there you go. That's my impression. Damn. Well said. Yeah. But, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that was Thank that you, one. past me. I'm not sure what we're watching next, but I know Paddington is on the table. We still haven't seen any of those. Obviously, like I mentioned, we want to finish the the John Wicks and whatnot because apparently they're still decent after four movies, which just seems really impressive. Yeah, I still need to see the fourth. Yeah, I can't confirm the three are good. One, two, three are all good. But apparently, yeah. like, John Wick 4 is the best one. What? Which is crazy. Yeah, like, I because even with three, I feel like the set pieces, like, they were all very unique in every single one, but there's a little, like, okay, I see how they're riffing on this set piece from the second one now. But, like, yeah, apparently four feels, like, super fresh and crazy and has really cool stuff and... I read somewhere there's like kind of a Hotline Miami reference at one point. Oh, nice. I like love that. Some game. of the camera work. Yeah, so. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that was. So that's JoJo. JoJo. Right? Yeah, that was JoJo. Well. Yeah, I thought I'd say more, but I, I don't know. It's interesting. It was just. It was nice. It was nice, nice tears, nice laughs, and all that. But yeah. Yep, yep. Do you see, well, do you see one final thing that could have also worked in the game section? I can't even pronounce this. Is it literally just squish? Yeah, 
Hey, did you just steal my hosting? Yes, correct. I do have a game <laughs> I want to talk about. Um, a game for the play date, no less. Not even a Nintendo game, but I feel okay. So I feel like with the play date, I feel like I need to back up here. I feel like when we last talked about the play date and uh, Angel, your plans to sell your play date. Um, I feel like we didn't give the rosiest of, of impressions about the system because you know, not that the handheld itself was problematic. There's just a like clearly there's a lot of love and care that was put into the device. It was just more about like finding the time to spend on it and finding the right hook for the right type of game that would want you to keep coming back to the play date. And I know I vented a little um, at the time about like the black and white screen and it's so small, it's not backlit and not every game really worked with those limitations, you know, small text, hard to discern things in certain lighting, that sort of stuff. Uh, but one thing I think is really cool about the play date throughout all this, all these ups and downs, is that um, it is kind of the indie, like, quote-unquote, Nintendo handheld. Like, it captures the spirit of older Nintendo devices really well with stuff like the crank as a control mechanism, with stuff like the UI. Um, it's all these neat little touches of personality. Uh, you know, things like when you click the power button on once, um, one eye opens on the screen. Like, there's a little face on the screen, and you have to click it twice to fully unlock the device, and then both eyes open. Or, like, when you download a game, just like on the 3DS, you have to unwrap it to see what you download or they now have a catalog. Uh, they call it the catalog. It's basically an app store. Um, and you crank to confirm the purchase. And I know these are things I've mentioned in the past, but it is really cool how like in the same way um, so many indie games will wear like the inspiration of a bigger game or big publisher's release on their sleeve. Like it's cool that the play date's essentially doing that with like it's quirky Nintendo inspiration, which brings me to Squish, the game I actually want to talk about, which is spelled... S-K-W-I-S-H. So I can see why you're like, how do you pronounce this? But um, yeah, because I feel like while there are a lot of games on the play date that arguably capture bits and pieces of that um, like same Nintendo-y spirit as the system itself, I think Squish might be the one that is most one-to-one in the same way that the play date itself is one-to-one with like kind of the Nintendo vibe. Uh, so the basic premise is that you're a little circle with eyes. And you need to navigate to the end of each stage marked by a flagpole. Like you have to get to this flagpole through a little maze. And along the way, um, there are various shapes you need to emerge into and act on to clear your path. Uh, to, you know, you're like solving these little geometric puzzles of sorts. Basically, it's a blobbier, blubberier version of Box Boy from How Labs and Nintendo. So instead of a square with eyes navigating boxes and merging into boxes and making shapes out of boxes, you're a circle with eyes and you're kind of moving through little blubbery rounded cornered boxes. Um, so the stage start out kind of, you know, simple enough. Like you merge your blob into one of the blocks and now you're able to control that whole block as a single unit and you move it across a gap and then you can pop your blob back out of the block and just carry on to the goal. Um, but pretty quickly it layers additional stuff. Like maybe you need to add um, or maybe you need to make sure like certain blocks or on top of switches, which are represented by these big X's and O's. You have to move the block over the X, it becomes an O. Or maybe you need to change the color of your blob. There's two colors, or I guess two hues, because it's like a black and white screen. But um, by moving over a paintbrush icon with your blob, you can actually switch to that color. So you often need to figure out how to properly line up the blocks on switches in the right sequence so you can, you know, A, land on the right paintbrush at the right time to then navigate through all those blocks, and B, clear a path using those blocks to be able to get to the flag at the end. And all this again is very much like Box Boy or Box Boy. It's very, it's controlled very much like Box Boy. You're a little blob. You use the D-pad to move. You can interact with the environmental shapes by just sort of coming up against them. Um, and then you obviously use that to kind of forge your way to the end of the path. But uh, this also means that, like with Box Boy, 
There's also kind of a requirement to like think ahead a few steps in order to make sure that if you place block A or B in spot like C or D, that allows you to then get to the next step of E or F or whatever. Like it's very much the same sort of like, not really chess, but like the mental like think a couple steps ahead that Box Boy has you do. Um, and fortunately, if you do screw up, the game does have an undo button or you can actually, if you want to be funny about it, you can actually spin your crank and it will rewind multiple moves rapid fire. So you can either tap a button or just spin the crank. Um, it's honestly one of the more gimmicky, gimmicky uses of the crank on the play date, but in a weird way, uh, that too almost makes it feel like kind of an indie kindred spirit of Nintendo's own games on their own gimmicky handhelds. Like for every crank that could be a button press, so much of Squish does play to the strengths of the Playdate hardware in a way that a lot of Nintendo games do to their hardware. You know, the graphics in Squish are, like, really big and bold and easy on the eyes, even with the tiny screen, even with the lack of a backlight, um, which, like I was saying kind of before, like, a lot of games on Playdate don't really accommodate for the fact that you're playing it on a postage stamp of a screen. Like, there's a lot of games that are, have really small font and stuff, but this one leans into the fact that it's small makes things really big and really bold. Um, even when you do the color switching, like I was referencing, it's really hues. It's not even hues. That's not fair. It's the developer kind of cleverly uses different patterns of filling the blobs and blocks to represent the various colors. So it's really easy to distinguish because they're like ones like cross stitch and ones like filled in normal and they're ones, you know, a gray and ones a solid black. It just, it just really makes it, it really plays to the strengths of the limitations of the hardware, which is something Nintendo does well. And, um, I think also what helps the game is it's designed for quick bursts. So it feels, ideal for something as tiny and pocketable as the Playdate, opposed to, like, long-form RPGs or whatever else people are playing on that tiny screen, which, you know, more power to you if you want to use the device for that, but everything about Squish and its bite-sized levels and its look and feel, it just feels incredibly um, complementary to the ethos, or at least to my ethos, of what the Playdate itself is best at and what it, like, really strive, like, where its strengths are. Um... And it also checks the box squish for me for being a relatively short game. Um, I mean, as you guys know, that's something I've very much been into with my games of late, keeping them on the shore side. And the whole thing, all squish is like two hours long, 45 stages. Um, there's a score attack you can get, but like that's it. And in a way, I, I almost wouldn't mind if they add or if they had added uh, a challenge mode with like a minimum number of moves to try and achieve per stage. Because you can just keep trying and it doesn't matter. Like with Box Boy, if I remember correctly, there's like a par score. Where there's like an ideal number of moves you do it in and you get a bonus if you do that. Squish doesn't doesn't have that. It'd be cool if they added it. But as it stands, um, yeah, I mean for five bucks to support the solo developer who seems to have perfectly melded like the mindset of what I want out of the playdate as a device and what type of game I want to play on the playdate, um, I'm happy to support Squish. Like I think it's really cool that he did this. And my hope is kind of that playdate, like they have this new catalog I was talking about, like this new app store. Um, now that that's opening up and, and panic, the guys that make the Playdate were sharing the other day that like 40% of all Playdate owners, of which there are like 53,000 out there, 40% of them um, have already experimented with sideloading games beyond the Season 1 library that comes with the console. So there's obviously an appetite here, and they're catering to the appetite with the catalog. And my hope is maybe that means there'll be a college industry of these types of like squish-style, Playdate-optimized experiences in ways that haven't existed yet um so i'm very much into seeing if that happens but yeah that that's squish um if you have a play date if you're one of the fifty-three thousand out there that do i'd say it's worth checking out it's only five bucks it's not bad but that yeah that's why i've been playing surprisingly to myself as well um these last couple of weeks so yeah even that's pretty surprising but great to hear yeah 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 and it's 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 very like i said it's very nintendo-y so but yeah, I think with that, unless you guys have any other top 
topics. That might be it for today. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Yeah. Um, I will say, this was the calm before the storm. This was a very Nintendo Light episode, but I mean, for real this time in two weeks when we come back, Tears of the Kingdom is out. Uh, literally within hours of us recording this, uh, Nintendo's dropping their year-end financials, which I'm excited about. It's a holiday for me. My It's the most wonderful time of year. Um, yeah, so it's probably good. There's probably going to be a lot of Nintendo in the next episode, so it's kind of it's a nice palate cleanser before we dive back in. Um, but I guess to make sure no one out there misses those episodes, I do want to reemphasize something I said at the top. I kind of buried the lead. We have switched, as you may have noticed if you pay attention. Our podcasts now are coming out on Tuesdays instead of Sundays. It's just for scheduling reasons for the three of us, but you can now expect them every other Tuesday. If it's not a Tuesday, we will give you a heads up. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the new schedule. So um, to make sure you don't miss it on that Tuesday, you can follow us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo. You can subscribe to us on all the podcast apps, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Amazon Music or Pandora or Stitcher or TuneIn or iHeartRadio or um, on YouTube where we're random at Ram Nintendo. Um, but yeah, it's a good way to make sure you don't miss those episodes as they come on Tuesdays. You can also follow us individually. I'm JSR7. Angel is Wero, which is W-E-I-R-O underscore O, and Kevin is KVN Gomi. Um, did, is there anything you guys want to add before I send it to Kevin for the final word? It still feels... Well, yeah. No, no, that's good. We'll, we'll wait, wait, wait. It feels what? You can't just leave people hanging like that, Angel. What feels? What feels? At, at this point, and obviously, like, this is probably obvious for anyone on Twitter, and I know like, I can think I've said this a couple times, but... Oh, that you're not really there. Yeah, that I'm not really there, and at this point... And it's sad because it's really because Tweetbot is gone. Like it's just made Twitter not really a place. I mean, to even Elon really is visit. destroying Twitter every which way. It's not just Tweetbot. Yeah. But I miss Tweetbot so much. The only times I've gone on Twitter is literally if I get directly added at, just like so, you know, so I could like, just check the message. But then that's literally it. Like if anything, I'm obviously way more active now on Instagram. But yeah, I don't know. It feels weird to like just completely not plug the twitter but well let's do this let's modify it at this point you can find kevin and myself on twitter i am jsr7 and kevin is kvn gomi and you can at angel to get his attention on twitter at w-e-r-r-w-e-i-r-o underscore o you can shout at angel and passively consume kevin and myself there better yeah that sounds better yeah and if you have instagram and you want to see some of my thoughts sometimes along with some drawings then yeah just follow me at world of wayros oh that's true because you your, your drawings we talked about this also but your drawings are often about things you are doing you have turned tweets into an art like literally into art yeah pretty much yeah yeah it's, it's so with nice, that nice so yeah so i think going forward i might just plug that and we'll just have to do it that way but yeah okay you're up to my it's habitual for me a lot oh, and yeah. a half years i could screw up a podcast and uh intro but i will never screw up the yeah, ending we're, we're changing 10 years so. of muscle memory but it will happen yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, until then, I hope everyone enjoys Tears of the Kingdom. And Kevin, I throw it to you for the final word. And I throw it to Angel for the final word. Uh, make good life choices. Bye.